I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Gospel of Luke 24. Perhaps I'll just read from verse 1. Gospel of Luke. 24 on the first day of the week that is Sunday okay that's why we we worship on Sunday on the first day of the week very early in the morning the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the man said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has reason. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remember his words. So on that first Day of the week on that Easter Sunday morning, the woman, Mary, and others, they have prepared the spices in order to go to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. But before this particular incident, Jesus had already told them that he will die and on the third day he will rise again. And it is obvious that they did not believe what he said. That's why they go to the tomb in order to find a body, in order to anoint it with spices. And this morning we have heard of the resurrection. But how many of us believe the resurrection of Jesus? Well, in your mind, just like those women, they would have heard that He will rise again. And in fact, not just those women, the Jews, the Pharisees, and everybody in town knew what Jesus said, that He will rise again. But how many people believe? This morning, you know it. You know that Jesus is the risen Savior. But do you really believe the resurrection? What does it mean to believe in the resurrection? What changes does it bring to you if you believe the resurrection? The first thing is, you would not go back to the tomb, to the grave. You would not go back to look for the body. You would not go back to bring spices, to anoint 
the stinking, decaying body, just to make it smell nice. You see, many of us we do not believe in the resurrection, even though our minds believe that, uh, knows that. Why? Because we keep going back to the grave of things that happened in the past. We keep going back to 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 events that happen in our life that bring death, that bring sorrow, that bring hurts, that somehow kill us. We keep going back to the to the body. We keep going back to the stinking body and and anoint it with spice and make it smell nice. Because we don't believe that it's going to rise again. We don't believe we have hope after that incident. Even though in our mind we could have heard and even know the resurrection. So that's why this morning I ask you. Yes, I know you believe. I know you know. But really, I want to ask you: Do you really believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Do you? Or this morning, are you still back to the grave, to the tombstone? Are you still, you know, kneeling down before the dead body and anointing with spice, make it smell good, make it smell nice? But you know it's stinking. You know it's dead. You know there's no life in it. You keep going back to your past. You see, if you believe in the resurrection, everything stopped at the cross. Everything finished at the cross. Resurrection is a new beginning. Resurrection is new life. Resurrection is hope. If you believe in the resurrection, all your past, all your sorrow. All the things that hurt you, all the things that that really, you know, somehow destroy you. If you bring it to the cross, it stops there. It's finished at the cross. Jesus took all our sin. He took all our sorrow. He took all our curses. He took everything and nailed it to the cross. That's it. It's finished there. You don't need to go back to that stinking body. And just mourn over it, and just make it smell nice. No, if you believe in the resurrection, you don't go back to the grave. Everything stops at the cross. You bring it to the cross, and it's gone. And now you believe in the resurrection Savior. So the woman obviously did not believe. They went back. They looked for it, looked for the body, in order to anoint it. In the Bible, there are illustrations of people who don't believe in the resurrection. You know, when Jacob lost, he thought he lost his son Joseph, his favorite son. The Bible tells us that Jacob refused to be comforted. Since that day, when he heard that his son was killed. By a wild beast. Of course, that's not true. You know the story. That's not true. His brother tried and kill him, uh, but they didn't. Finally, they sold him uh, as a slave, you know, to 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 Egypt. But as far as his father is concerned, his father heard this story from from all these other sons and said, "His son, you know, Joseph is killed." 
So as far as Jacob is concerned, he thought his son is killed, is gone. He doesn't believe in the resurrection. So he refused to be comforted. And throughout his life, for many, 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 many years, no matter what happened, no matter what people say, no matter how good things may be, he's dead. He's just wallowed in sorrow. He has gone back to the grave. He has put spices on that, on that dead body of Joseph. Figuratively speaking. And just keep mourning and crying over that. Because he doesn't believe in resurrection. But there's another person who believes in the resurrection. David. David was praying and fasting because as a result of his, his uh, adultery, this woman Bathsheba is about to give birth. And uh, uh, to, to a child, uh, has given birth to a child. And God said, this child will not live because, you know, of sin. But David keep pleading before God. He keep praying, oh God, don't let it happen. God, forgive me, do something. And David was mourning and, and praying and fasting, you know, for his son. Hoping God will change his mind. Hoping God will show mercy. But in that particular incident, God still allowed that child to die. And when David heard about that the son is dead, what did he do? Immediately, he got up. He said, hey, bring food for me. Let, bring water for me. Let me bathe. Let me wash myself. I'm getting up. I'm starting life again. And all the king's servants were so shocked because they dare not tell him the story. They dare not convey the message to him. They say, well, before that child died, he was so miserable, he was praying, he was crying, you know, he was so sorrowful. If we tell him that the son is gone, how is he going to take it? We dare not tell him the story. So they just whisper among themselves. And David knew. David knew. So David saw it. David said, Has the son, has the child gone? Yeah, he's gone. And then David got up. Bring food. Bring water for me to bathe. And those, those servants are so shocked. They say, What's the matter with him? Has, has he gone crazy? When the son is alive, still alive, he's miserable. Now the son is gone. He, he, he acts as if it's over. Nothing. David say, the child cannot come to me, but I can go to him. David believed in the resurrection. He doesn't go back to the grave. He doesn't go and anoint that stinking body. He knows there is a new day. He knows there is new hope because he believes in the resurrection. This morning, do you believe in the resurrection? I'm not saying you know it. I'm saying, do you believe? What are the things in your life that you are still mourning over, that you are still crying over, that you are still anointing, not, not anointing the stinking body with, with spice? Rather than move on, rather than, than, than rise up. 
Because he's risen. So the angel said to the woman, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. He's not here. If you believe in the resurrection, the dead body will not be in the grave. It's not there. Why look for the living among the dead? But if you don't believe in the resurrection, you keep going back to the grave. You keep going back to the stinking body. You keep anointing it with spies. You keep living in the past. You keep living in defeat. You keep living in pain. You keep living in suffering. You keep living in death. Death. He's not there. He's risen. Remember? Remember how He told you? While He was with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Remember? Remember? How many of you remember that? How many of you remember that He's risen? Remember? But when it happened, when the incidents happened, when something happened in your life, do you still remember? Do you still believe that He's risen? Remember? So how many of us remember the promises of God? That He's going to restore us. Oh, that, that He's going to, to help us. That He's going to you know, give us new life and new hope. How many of us remember the message of the resurrection? But when it happened, they did not believe. They go back to the grave. They go back to anoint the body, the dead body. And then we want to turn to another portion in John chapter 20. Gospel of John chapter 20. Verse 17. This is Jesus appearing to Mary at a, at a, at a graveside. Initially, Mary did not recognize it was Jesus. But suddenly he recognized because Jesus called him Mary. And then in verse 17, Jesus said to him, you know, once Mary recognized it was Jesus, what did he do? What would you do if Jesus appeared before you? And you were, you were expecting him to be dead and he appeared. And Mary immediately go and grab hold of Jesus. Teacher. And then Jesus said to him, verse 17, Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Do not hold on to me, for I have not returned to the Father. This morning, if you want to hold on to the resurrection life, you cannot remain in this fleshly body. You cannot remain in your flesh if you want to hold on to the resurrection life of Jesus. Jesus said to Mary, don't hold on to me. Why? Because you're of a different kind. I have the resurrection body, but you are fleshly. You are still in your flesh. Don't, don't hold on to me. I want to go to my Father. You see, before His crucifixion, He said, the place I go, you cannot come. Remember? 
And they say, well, what does it mean? What does it mean? Where he go? We cannot, we, we cannot come with him. And Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. And in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Don't be sorrowful now that I'm living. But I go and prepare a place for you. So once the place is ready, then I will take you to be with me. So if you want to hold on to the resurrection life, you cannot remain in the flesh. You have to go to the Father's house. That's why he said, I'm going to my Father, your Father. And then the other thing, my God and your God. So if you want to hold on to the resurrection life, some of us, we have a touch of the resurrection life. We have seen the resurrection life in the past, but we have not hold on to the resurrection life. If you want to hold on to the resurrection life, you have to let go of your flesh, your pride, your bitterness, your unforgiveness, your anger, your sin, whatever that hinders you. You have to let go of the flesh life in order to hold on to the resurrection life of Jesus. So that you can enter into the Father's house. So that you can enter into the presence of God. The Word of God says, God exalts those who humble themselves. But He resists and He fights against those who are proud. You see, when we humble ourselves, when we let go of the flesh, then the Father is there. Then we enter into the Father's house and then He exalts us with His resurrection life. We hold on to the resurrection life. We, we heard about holding on recently, holding on to the truth. So here, I'm telling you to hold on to the resurrection life. And the only way you can hold on is to let go of the flesh. And be in the Father's house. Okay? Spiritually, I'm talking about. Okay, I'm not asking you to die now. You're not ready to die. You don't know where you're going now. If you die, get ready. Spiritually, Jesus said, I'm going to my Father, your Father. I'm going to my God, your God. In other words, you can. You can enter into intimacy you can enter into relationship with the Father. It's open to you. He's your Father too. He's your God too. So you want the resurrection life? Hold on. Draw near. Let go of the flesh. Let go of the sin. And come into the Father's presence. Into the Father's house. Okay, so that's the second thing. If we believe in the resurrection first, we will not go back to the grave we will not cry over it. We move on. Secondly, we will not hold on to the flesh. Because we know if we hold on to the flesh, that brings death, not resurrection. So we let go of our, our flesh and hold on to Jesus, hold on to the resurrection life. But some of you could be thinking, you could be saying, well, you don't know. It's easy for you to say. Don't hold on to the flesh. It's easy for you to talk like that. You don't know what I'm gone, I've gone through. You don't know the suffering. You don't know the pain. You don't know what happened. 
You don't know why I'm living in hell on earth. You don't understand. It's easy for you to talk. Look at those scars. Look at those bruises. Look at what happened. Look at those blood. You don't know what I've gone through. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in the resurrection? Thomas did not. Thomas, the doubting Thomas, just in case we mock at him and laugh at him, there are a lot of doubting Thomas here too, by a different name. Thomas did not believe. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he did not even come near to the cross. He was so scared that he would be arrested, that he would be considered as one of them and put in prison. So he only managed to stand at a far, you know, very far distance and watch how Jesus was being crucified. And as a soldier, you know, took the hammer and nailed at the hands of Jesus onto that wooden cross. Every blow and agony that Jesus has gone through to Thomas, every blow seems to smash his dreams, his vision, his hope. Didn't Jesus promise that he's going to restore the kingdom? Didn't Jesus promise that the kingdom of God is here? Didn't he say he's the king of the Jews? Didn't he say we will rule and reign with him? Didn't he promise life? But now look at him. He's agonizing. He's crying. He's dying. Can't he save himself? He has just resurrected Lazarus to life. He couldn't. He couldn't help himself. So Thomas, who have gave up everything to follow Jesus, when he saw Jesus nailed on the cross, agonizing, his dreams, his hope, was also gone. And now, these people are telling him, that Jesus is risen? You've you got to be joking. Look at the way he died. He can't even help himself. He was so helpless. He was so hopeless. I thought he's going to be the Messiah. I thought he's going to call angels to come and rescue him. I thought he's the son of God. I thought. But look at him. Didn't he even cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And now... You guys are telling me that he's resurrected. Hey, I'm not going to be disappointed again. I'm not going to be fooled again. I follow him, remember? I gave everything, remember? I'm not going to be disappointed again. I don't believe. I don't believe. Until I'll put my finger in his nail print. Then I'll believe. If not, forget about it. I won't believe. 
Let's look at the incidents now. Jesus appeared to him in John 20, verse 27. Let's read verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my sight. Stop doubting and believing. Some of us are saying, Look, look at those scars. Look at those pain. Look at those bruises on my body. Look at what I've gone through. You don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. But Jesus is saying, those scars are proof of resurrection. Those scars wasn't proof of His suffering. Those scars were proof that He is risen. He is really alive. This morning, if you believe in the resurrection, the scars in your life will always be there. They will not be gone. They will always be there. But they are proof of the resurrection life. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you will anoint spies over it. You will make it smell nice. You will make it look good and cry over it and mourn over it if you don't believe in the resurrection. But if you believe in the resurrection, those scars are proof of His resurrection. Didn't He say each one of us must carry our own cross if we want to follow Him? Thomas did not see the cross. He only saw death. That's why he can't believe in the resurrection. But if you believe the cross, everything stops at the cross. When you have brought whatever suffering, whatever pain, whatever agony to the cross, it ends there. And when Jesus raised those hands to Thomas and said, Thomas, put your finger into those wounds. Jesus is saying to Thomas, don't you dare say I don't understand you. Don't you dare say I have not been through it. Don't you dare say, I don't know the pain. Don't you dare say, I have not shed those blood. I've done it for you. I've done it for you. These scars are the scars, are the mark of resurrection. They are not mark of death. Because I'm the reason Savior. I'm the reason Lord. But we who do not believe in the resurrection... We will cry over the scar. We will put spies on it. We will say, look, look, look. But Jesus is saying, look, I'm risen. Look, the scars are there. That's why Paul, the apostle Paul in Philippians 3, he said, I want to know him. I want to know to share in his suffering so that I may know his resurrection power. This morning, you want to experience a resurrection life. If there's no death, how could there be a resurrection life? If there's no scar, how can you experience a resurrection life? So the scar are proof of resurrection. 
They are not proof of your pain and your suffering. The scars are proof that Jesus know and understand and He feel what you're going through. He's been through it for you. So this morning, that's why I ask you, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you? Do you really believe in the resurrection? If you do, you raise those scars and say, I do. Look at those scars. Look at what He has done for me. His reason. I've been through it and I'm alive. So this morning, if you believe in the resurrection, that's what it means. You'll not go back to the grave. You're not going to anoint that dead body. You're going to cast aside the fleshly life because you want to hold on to the resurrection life. You're going to look at those scars. Instead of tears, it's going to be proof that you follow your Lord, your Master, they are the proof of resurrection. And then, fourthly, what else does the resurrection mean to us? If we believe in the resurrection, what can the resurrection life do for you? What can the resurrection life of Jesus do for me? The first thing is, the resurrection life is going to trans- transcend all obstacles that you might face in life. You see, we read the portion of Scripture just now. The door was closed, remember? Right? Just now we read that. Though the door was were locked, there are so many doors. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. That was in verse 26 of verse 20. But uh, you look at verse 19 again. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jew, Jesus came and stood among them and said, You see, they were locking those doors. All the doors in the room, they were locking it. Why? Fear. Fear of the Jews. So this morning, what is locking you in? In your life? Is it fear just like the disciples? Fear of people? Fear of the opinions of men? Is it fear of failure? Shame? What is it that is locking you in? So that you dare not go out? So that you're bucked down in your life? So that you only look at a dead body and anoint it with spies and say, look, look at a dead body. Look at those, 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 those nail prints. But this morning, if you believe in the resurrection, what is the resurrection going to do for you? All the doors were locked and Jesus came in. The resurrection life transcends all the obstacles, all the prison door. He's going to release you and get you out. If you believe in the resurrection. 
What is the things that hinder you? What are the things that are stopping you? That's, that's, that's keeping you in prison. That's binding you. Do you believe in the resurrection? If you do, it will transcend those obstacles, those problems that you face. And you'll be free. You'll be free. Because you believe in the resurrection. If you don't, those doors are, 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 are shut. I don't think the disciples will ever venture out. At least not openly, if they didn't know Jesus is risen. They'll be hiding here, hiding there, hiding you know, everywhere until they think that everything is safe. But it's the resurrection of Jesus that get them out of those prison doors that they have self-imposed upon themselves. Nobody locked them in. They, they are the ones who locked themselves in. And this morning, have you locked yourself in? Have you allowed the past? Have you allowed those bad experiences? Have you allowed all those negative things in your life locked you in? Do you believe in the resurrection? The resurrection transcends that. Jesus will come in and get you out. Remove those fears. And the next thing you see, that's why when Jesus came in, what did Jesus say to them? Jesus said, peace. Look at, look at verse, uh, the verse that we, we read just now. Uh, verse 19, the last part. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then let's read verse 21. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. And then again, verse 26. Peace be with you. Can you see? The resurrection, if you believe in the resurrection life of Jesus, it's going to bring you peace. Jesus repeatedly say, Peace be with you. Why? Because there's turmoil. There's no peace. There's only sorrow. There's only despondency, despair. All the negative emotion, whatever you can think of, is there inside them. Doubts. Fear. This morning, what's inside your heart? Is it joy or is it negative? Is it negative emotion inside? If you feel all those negative emotions, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you? If you do, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. You see? You believe in the resurrection? Peace comes in and reign in your heart. Circumstances did not change. The Jews are still outside. They are still hunting for them maybe. Everybody is still wondering what happened. There are danger. Nothing changed. But their heart changed. The condition of their heart changed. Because they changed. Because of the resurrection. Peace be with you. So first, the resurrection, what is it going to do for us? It transcends all the obstacles in life. Secondly, it is going to bring peace to us. Peace. Thirdly, it is going to bring what? It's going to bring joy and faith. Look at verse 20. 
Verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed. Let's read another verse. Verse 28. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, "Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed." So you see, the resurrection brings what? It brings faith and joy. You see, if you this morning, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, there'll be faith in your heart to believe in God, to believe that He will bring life in in, in death. In the midst of death, he will bring joy. In the midst of sorrow, he will bring comfort. In the midst of agony and pain, he will bring healing. In the midst of sickness, you see, if you believe in the resurrection, it brings faith. There's faith. They believe because they 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 saw the resurrection. They believe in the resurrection, so they say we believe. And they were filled with joy, in self sorrow, in self despair. Now is peace. Now is joy filling their hearts. So this is what the resurrection will do to you this morning, if you believe in the resurrection. There'll be joy, not doubt. Thomas, the doubting Thomas, moments earlier, he was so skeptical. He just. He just locked himself in emotionally, you know, not just the doors. He was locking himself emotionally, not to feel anything, just in case he's being hurt once more. Understand? I mean, you have been, you you have those experiences, right? You've been hurt, and then you you just, you know, harden your heart so that you won't won't feel so easily, you know, so that you won't feel pain again, you know. So that was Thomas. No, I'm not going to believe him. I'm not going to be disappointed again. You see, he locked himself emotionally in prison. But the resurrection bring peace to him. The resurrection bring joy to him. Once again, he can feel like a normal human being. Once again, he experienced the moods in life. He can be natural. He can be sensitive. To the environment, right? Because of the resurrection. This morning, can you sense? Can you feel? Or is it dead? Do you need a resurrection? Believe the resurrection of Jesus is going to bring joy. It's going to bring peace. And then the next thing. The resurrection is going to do for you is going to bring restoration of the call. Look at verse 21. Again, Jesus said, "Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you." Well, that is some powerful statement to the disciples. Why? Because they have betrayed Jesus. They have deserted Jesus. They have failed so miserably. Peter denied Jesus three times and even cursed that he never knew him. Oh, they make a mess of their life. 
They are such a disgrace to Jesus. Such a big letdown in His moment of needs. If that is you, do you still believe that Jesus will ever use you? Right? You believe that's the end. I'm franken. That's it. What can I do? No more ministry. Gone. But Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Because of the resurrection. Resurrection restore that call. If you believe in it. If you don't believe, go back to your to the dead body. Go and anoint with spies again. Go back to the tomb and cry over it. It's gone. It's no more. It's dead. Keep crying. But if you believe in the resurrection, as the Father has sent me, so sent I you. Jesus is coming to restore the calling upon the disciples who have made such a mess and such a big letdown. I mean, if it's your servant, would you use them? If someone you have employed to work for you and they have let you down in such manner, I know what I'll do. Never again will I use him. You know, this is what we probably say. But not Jesus. He said, as the Father has sent me, so send are you. Why? Because there's a res- resurrection. This morning, if you believe, that's what the resurrection life is. Come and restore. Revitalize that which was dead, which was gone. So the resurrection will restore the calling of God. And then the next thing, the resurrection will bring the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 22. And with that He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of comfort. Jesus is breathing the resurrection life into them. The comfort that comes. Jesus is bringing the truth to them. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Because now, what do they need? They are lost. They are disillusioned. They don't know what the future holds for them. All, all along during the last three and a half years, they have looked to Jesus to provide for them. They have looked to their Lord and Master to take care of them, but now the Master is gone. They have to eat, you know. They have to feed their children, you know. Who is going to supply them? What are they going to do now? So the Holy Spirit, when Jesus breathed on them, Jesus breathed comfort, Jesus breathed direction, you know, because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and guidance into their life. We can go on, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. Now they're so weak, they're so dis- discouraged. Holy Spirit came and bring strength, bring power into their life, revitalize them, quicken their hearts and spirit so that like that dead body of Jesus that received new life, the Holy Spirit came 
and give them new life. So this is what the resurrection will do for you if you believe in the resurrection. What is it inside? Is it still lost? Is it still sorrowful? Is it still so confused? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the spirit of comfort. Receive the spirit of truth. And this morning as we were singing in, in tongues, speaking in tongues, you know what? There's a proof of resurrection. Because Jesus said, if after I've gone to the Father, after I've risen, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And that's a proof of resurrection. If you don't believe this morning, the resurrection, speaking in tongues is a proof of resurrection. They have never spoken in tongues. Not in the Old Testament, not before Jesus was risen. No. They may have seen healing, raising the dead to life, but never spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the proof of resurrection. Because Jesus breathed His Holy Spirit into them. And on the day of Pentecost, they received the fullness and began to speak in tongues. And then finally, finally, verse 23. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The resurrection brings authority to the church of Jesus Christ. Brings authority. Authority to forgive. Remember, the people exclaimed, who can forgive sin but God? How can this man say he forgives sin? And Jesus now is saying, hey, I'm giving you this authority. Whoever you forgive, I will forgive them. If you don't, I will not forgive them. Wow. That is tremendous authority. Does it mean that I can hold on to a grudge and, and not forgive that person and then God will not forgive the person and punish the person? Jesus said, if you don't forgive, even your father will not forgive you. So you cannot hold on to that power. The power is to be released. The, the power is to be dispensed, to forgive. That's what God has given to us, to forgive, to forgive. Not to hold on and say, no, you know, I don't forgive the person, that person will not be forgiven. No. Jesus said, if you don't, your father don't forgive you. You lose the authority. So we're given the authority to forgive. That's within us to forgive. So, resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. Do you believe? How many of you believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Let me see your hand. You believe that this is what it's going to do for you if you hold on to the resurrection of Jesus. You don't need to go back to that dead body, that stinking body, and put spies on it. You don't need to go back there. Because don't look for the dead among the living. He's risen. He's no more there. You won't find God there in that dead body. Many of us are still crying for God to do something over that dead body. God is not there. He's risen. You understand? That's what the woman went back to do, to, to cry, hoping that God will, will do something. He's not there. He's risen. 
So where can you find God? Where can you hold on to the resurrection? The Father's house. Your Father. Your God. Where you fellowship with Him. Draw near to Him. Then you find the resurrection life. And then the resurrection life transcends all obstacles that's binding you, that's imprison you. He comes in to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring faith, to bring the Holy Spirit, and to bring authority as His people. Shall we pray?